Oh, my goodness. We have so much to learn from this story about Mr. Blue. As he sat on the side of the road, he felt that he couldn't participate in what his friends were doing because... Welcome back to Adventure Parenting with Grace. I am Lori Donahue, and this is the Gospel Parenting Podcast, where we will walk with you through the joys of parenting and the most painful challenges so you can rise with courage, practical strategies, and hope to parent with purpose. In last podcast, I told you the story of Mr. Blue in the book, Mr. Blue, A Job for You. And Mr. Blue was created for a purpose, but... He sat on the side of the road thinking he wasn't good enough and who knows what else he was thinking and didn't want to participate. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like you're not good enough or you don't fit in? Well, Scripture has a lot to say about our many reasons that we don't follow God's purpose. And we're going to talk about those this morning. So if you haven't heard podcast number 49, I suggest you go back and listen to that because that will be the basis of where we launch from today. Then come back and listen to this podcast because we're going to really look and see if scripture has some words for us and you can use this to help your kids find their purpose. So let's jump in and listen now. Actually, the Bible tells us some of the reasons that we don't participate or we don't look for God's purpose or we don't find God's purpose. I'm going to go over some of those and I'm going to give you the scriptures along with them. So you can share these with your kids. You can use them to help you grow yourself. So let's get started. What gets in the way of God's purpose for me? Oh, my goodness. Number one. I don't think I have the ability. So Mr. Blue didn't think he had the ability. And part of the comparison was thinking that everybody else had abilities that he didn't have. If we look at 2 Corinthians 121, it says, But the one who gives us security with you in Christ and who anointed us is God. This is from the New American Bible. So God gives us our gifts. God gives us our abilities. We don't need to look inside and think that we can't do it because God will give us what we need. So when we look at somebody else and think, oh, they're just better. No, God can give you the gifts and abilities, and they may not be the same gifts and abilities, but they will be unique to you and you will have your purpose. So that's the first one. The second one is I don't want to do it because I think it's too hard. It sounds hard. It's huge. We've been told over and over again, if something is too hard, you break it into small pieces and do a little bit at a time, which is really good advice. But we have to really keep in mind Philippians 4.13 that says, I have the strength for everything through him who empowers me. I think I learned it as I can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives me strength. But when we can trust God to give us the ability and when we are walking in his will and doing what he wants us to do, he's going to give us the strength. We don't need to look to anybody else compared to anybody else. We just trust God. And 
work on it um, as we can, a little bit at a time. So there's no reason to sit on the side of the road and not even pick up your feet and walk in the direction of what God might have you do. That's the first thing. Just start walking. Just start moving in the direction of what God would have you do. Searching God's will is for another day, and we'll do that on another day. Okay, number three is I don't know how to do it. How many times are we faced with a task and we just don't even know where to begin? We just don't know how to do it. And God's word has encouragement for us. He says in James 1.5, But if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and he will be given it. Wow, generously and ungrudgingly. Uh, That does not sound like human qualities (laughs) to me. That's where your wisdom comes from. And if you don't know how to do something, you go to God and you ask. And he will show you, he will tell you, he will guide you. Just start out, you know. I think that's the one thing that Mr. Blue didn't do is he didn't take the first step until he finally walked with the flowers to watch and see what they were doing. But take the step. Don't sit on the side of the road and do nothing. Of course, this is just a story. It's not from the Bible. But the principles are the same. We need to trust God and walk in his direction, and he will give us the wisdom as we go. Okay, the next one. Oh, my goodness. This one is a little uh, brutal. And that is, sometimes we just are lazy. I know that I am lazy sometimes, and my guess is that everybody on this planet feels a bit lazy sometimes. So, of course, God's Word has a word about that. The first one is Proverbs fifteen nineteen. The way of the sluggard is like a thorn hedge, but the path of the diligent is a highway. Have you ever been on a hike and it's a bit overgrown. I remember going on a hike uh, one time, and it was overgrown with nettles. I think there were nettles. I just don't know my botany that well, but I think there were nettles, but they had little tiny spikes. And even through my pants, those spikes would just grab my legs. And that's what I think of when I think of a thorn hedge along the path that is overgrown and it's hard to walk through. But the path of the diligent is a highway. It's smooth. It's fast. So if we are not, uh, if we are not lazy but diligent, we will really be able to move in the direction that that serves God's purpose. And there's another verse here. This one is uh, a bit brutal as well. Proverbs 18.9, those who slack in their work are kin to the destroyer. Oh my goodness, those who slack in their work are kin to the destroyer. Yikes, Uh, I don't think I need to say anything more about that one. (laughs) But what happens when you lay in bed and you feel like, I can't get up, I can't get up, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that. How long does that last? I think it lasts until you get up. (laughs) I have found that if I just say, okay, I don't want to, but I'm going to get up and get going, then that is where our energy comes. So to not dwell in our lazy thoughts and to just say, okay, I've got something to do. I'm going to get up and get started and, and don't bite it all off at once. Just get up and get started. That's the key is get started. That fits in very well with these proverb verses. Okay, here is one. 
this is probably one that your kids might feel a lot, and I know even we adults feel often the same. Others will make fun of me if I do it. Others will make fun of me if I do it. So we are afraid that somebody else isn't going to approve of what we do. I remember well when I would stand for some biblical truth, and I could tell that acquaintances, I don't even want to call them friends, did not approve of of what I was doing or what I was thinking. So how do we deal with that? It hurts. I know it hurts sometimes. We can turn to 2 Timothy 1.12, which says, On this account I am suffering these things, but I am not ashamed, for I know in whom I have believed and am confident that he is able to guard what has been entrusted to me until that day. We do not need to be ashamed or we do not need to respond to anybody else who doesn't approve. And in fact, I'm sure you've heard the quote that says, we have an audience of one and we don't need to please the world. We need to please God. He is our audience of one. The next one is closely related, and that is, I'm afraid to do it. And there's all kinds of reasons we can be afraid. One is the previous reason. Or we can be afraid that it is just out of our comfort zone. We just won't want to try because we have fear that, I don't know, maybe we'd be hurt or that something bad will happen or we'll miss out on something else. There's all kinds of reasons that we might be afraid. And for that, we can turn to Jeremiah 17, 8. And this is describing believers. They are like a tree planted beside the waters that stretches out its roots to the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves stay green. In the year of drought, it shows no distress, but still produces fruit. So we are like that tree, and we can reach our roots into the water. We can dig our roots into God's word and God's protection And when the heat comes, we won't be distressed. We will survive and we can produce fruit. And notice the end of that verse, but still produces fruit. And that's what we're doing. When we're following God's purpose, we're producing fruit. And of course, that's what we want to do. So how we do it is by digging our roots deep into God's word and our faith in God. Okay, here's another one. Uh, This one is a little bit like I am lazy, but not exactly. This is, I would rather serve myself than someone else. It sounds a little bit self-centered. I know we can all fall into that. I want to do what I want to do. And it's not a rare thing. It's a pretty common thing for all of us, uh, non-believers and believers alike. So what verse can we turn to for that? And this is Luke 8.14. As for the seed that fell among the thorns, they are the ones who have heard, but as they go along, they are choked by the anxieties and riches and pleasures of life, and they fail to produce mature fruit. So we don't want to be like those seeds that get choked out by the anxieties and riches and pleasures of life. We want to produce mature fruit. And I think if we just remember that and review that verse and Ask God, what what fruit does he want for you to produce? As we've said already many times here, he will help you do it. 
But we don't want to be that seed that falls among the thorns. So when I'd rather serve myself, I just pull back a little bit and I say, God, change my heart, change my thoughts, change my desires to serve and please you. And then I just start taking a step in that direction. And I find my desires to please myself go away. They dissolve. And as I enjoy pleasing God, and that's the thing is when we see the pleasures of the world, we think, ah, that's everything I want. But we don't realize when we're serving him, those pleasures of serving him are greater than the pleasures of the world. I can remember one year I was asked to teach a vacation Bible school class, and I was busy. I had so many of things in my own life going on, and my first reaction was, no, I don't want to do it. And then I said, well, give me a day to think and pray about it. And I did that. I took that day and came back and said, okay. But I was sort of doing it kind of dragging my feet. And I was not real excited about it, to tell you the very truth, to be very honest. And then once I got going, it was such a fun week. Oh, we had so, so much fun. I was leading drama, and the kids were fabulous. And it was so, so much fun. So those feelings in the beginning that I had that were really kind of selfish, they just dissolved. And I finished the week and totally enjoyed the week. I think I didn't let myself sit in that pleasing myself attitude, and it it changed. It all changed. Okay, what's the next one? This can be destructive for anybody, and that is there are th- other things more important to me than serving God. So what can be more important? Of course, they can be worldly things, but I'm talking to believers right now. They can be things like my family, my house, all these things are good and they're important, but we want to be sure that God is the most important and serving him is the most important. And of course, there has to be balance. I'm not saying that only serve God and let all those other things go. I'm not saying that at all. But we really want to be sure that God is the most important thing and even the good things. I remember someone telling me one time, what is the biggest threat to the best in your life. And of course, I'm thinking, oh, it's got to be something evil. It's got to be something bad. And the answer was second best. And that was interesting because second best might be something very, very good. But if it takes over the best, which is God, then that is definitely a threat. Psalm 19, 8 through 10 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eye. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The statutes of the Lord are true. All of them are just. And then Psalm 119.10 says, With all my heart I seek you. Do not let me stray from your commandments. So we just want to seek God first. I am just going to wrap up with this final thought, and it has a couple of verses attached. But when we try to do his will, when we try to serve his purpose, which is our purpose serving his purpose, when we try to do this in our own strength instead of his strength, we often fail. What we really, really need to do 
is search for God's strength and not not our own. We cooperate. We can't sit on the side of the road like Mr. Blue, but we cooperate. And that way we succeed when we're depending on the Lord's strength. So two verses. I have the strength for everything in him who empowers me. We talked about that one already. It's God who will give us the strength. And here's another one, John 14, 26. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit that the Father will send in my name, he will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have told you. So the Holy Spirit will teach us. And if we just lean into it, I think I've said this before in other podcasts, lean into God's strength, lean into his help, lean into allowing him to work in our lives and Mm -hmm. lean away from the idea that we can do it all by ourselves because we can't. There are many more things that God shares with us in Scripture about how we can find his purpose, but I think I'm running out of time here. It's getting a little bit long. Let me tell you that I have this in a PDF, so you don't have to take notes. I would suggest listening again, but first download that PDF of the things that get in the way and then the scriptures that go with them, and then you will be able to bring your kids alongside after you read the Mr. Blue book to them and share some of this with them as well. So take a look at the show notes where I have placed that link to download for you, and Also, if you haven't listened to the Mr. Blue Book reading on the YouTube channel where you can see the pictures, I will leave a link for that. And also, if you would like a copy or more than one copy of Mr. Blue, I have a podcast special of 60% off, and you're welcome to take advantage of that. And I will leave the link in the show notes for that as well. So next week, I think we're going to talk about all of the things we can do with the little characters in the back of the book. And there's there will be some really fun things there. So be sure to return next week. And remember to rest in the Lord this week. Mm-hmm.